Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. You do not need to worry about manipulating the pH level of the foods that you feed your babies because avoiding acidic foods means not offering baby like lots of different foods that contain a variety of different nutrients that they need to grow. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. Today, we are talking about acidic foods and does the pH of the foods that you feed your baby matter? This is the question I get fairly often, not all the time, but enough to like necessitate its own podcast episode. So we'll be talking a little bit about acidic versus basic foods and pH and does it even really matter? So when I do these mini baby led weaning training episodes, I like to start with a BLW tip of the day. And today's tip is there is not one food or one category of foods that is the best or the one that you should feed your baby that's significantly better than all other ones. Sometimes you'll hear people say things like, oh, babies shouldn't eat grains or babies can't digest acidic foods. And when you hear like traumatic statements like that, I hope that little bell in your head will go off like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. So I want you guys to hang tight because I'm going to be sharing some specific ideas of what types of foods babies can safely eat in this episode. And then I'll also be sharing ideas about the types of foods you want to steer clear of. But again, when you hear like, babies should not have carbohydrates or 
that is the best nutrient for babies. Again, take all of that with a grain of salt and know that babies can eat almost all foods. There certainly are a few exceptions and we'll get into that today. So let's go ahead and get started looking at acidic foods and does the pH of the food that we feed our babies even matter? All right, well, let's start out with what is pH? I don't know about you, but like chemistry was a long time ago for me and I think I blocked it out of my head as much as possible. But pH is essentially a measure of how acidic or how basic a substance is. So the range from the pH scale goes from zero to 14 with seven being right in the middle and being neutral. So a pH of less than seven indicates that something is acidic and a pH of greater than seven indicates that something is basic. Now, decreasing numbers indicate increasing acidity and then increasing numbers on the pH scale indicate increasing alkalinity. So what are the foods that are acidic and what are the foods that are basic? Let's start with low acid foods. Things like fruits and vegetables, seeds, legumes like lentils and tofu can be considered to be low acid foods. Now you can look up the pH of all foods because there are of course some fruits that would be super acidic. So there's not like a category of foods that we say, for example, these are all acidic or these are all basic foods. What are high acid foods? Dairy products, for example, like cheese and milk. Um, Processed foods tend to be a little bit more on the acidic side. Fish tends to be on the acidic side. But does the pH of foods matter if basically everything comes out of your stomach at the same pH, right? If you think about the pH of your stomach, your normal stomach pH is acidic ranging from anywhere from 1.5 to 3.5. I remember I used to hear the analogy that it's basically like the same environment as like, it's as acidic as a car battery. So I always think of like, your stomach is a pretty caustic place, right? And there's actually a lot of reasons why our stomachs are very acidic. Namely, the acidic environment kills harmful pathogens that potentially enter the body in the food. Now, another reason for the acidic nature of our stomach is that that facilitates the environment for optimal digestion of foods and the breaking down, especially of the proteins in the food. So for example, the acid in your stomach helps to release vitamin B12, which can then go on to be absorbed elsewhere in the body. So there's this belief that foods containing acid-forming substances lower the pH level of your blood, which cause an accumulation of acid, okay? What could happen then, the body can compensate for this loss by leaching alkaline minerals, um, specifically calcium from the bones, and then excreting them in the urine. However, what we need to keep in mind is that our bodies, even babies' bodies, are a finely tuned machine with a built-in buffering system that tightly regulates your blood pH in a process that's known as acid-base homeostasis, okay? And this basically occurs through a lot of different processes. For example, breathing, right? Rates increase when your acid levels are high. Your kidneys, if they're properly functioning, they release a substance called bicarbonate ions that specifically neutralize acid within the blood. So the mechanisms that our body already has are so effective at balancing acids and bases that the acidity or the pH of a food that you eat or your baby eats has hardly any influence on the blood's pH. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma 
but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Now, is there any science behind manipulating or even caring about the pH of a food that a baby is going to eat? Like, is this something we should be stressing about? My whole goal with baby-led weaning is to make this as stress-free as possible for you, so I think you already know the answer, but the answer is no. While acid and alkaline-based foods have a great impact on our bodies from a nutrition standpoint, we're not concerned about the pH of those foods because of the impact or the effect they might have in our bodies, okay? So for example, maybe you've heard of the alkaline diet, which recommends to avoid acidic foods. This consists largely of fruits and vegetables, even though some of those can be acidic. And that supports, you know, general nutrition recommendations, which are to eat more fruits and vegetables, eat more of a plant-based diet, right? Now, we also need to point out that fruits and vegetables, as wonderful as they are, you guys know this, they don't have all of the nutrients and compounds and components of foods that will sustain life for babies, adolescents, kids, adults, anybody. Fruits and vegetables are great, but they're just a piece of the puzzle. So we can't cut out everything that's not fruits and vegetables, right? Now, there is some research that suggests that following an alkaline diet might improve health in people with kidney disease, okay? But however, it doesn't achieve this by changing the blood pH. Rather, the alkaline diet for people with kidney disease encourages them to eat more fruits and vegetables and fewer processed meats and high-fat dairy products, which across the board is a good recommendation for adults. Now, we do wanna do high-fat or full-fat dairy products for babies when babies are eating dairy foods. They need the fat from those foods to help promote their still developing brains. But you and me as adults, we don't need to be eating high-fat dairy products. Now, there's also a handful of studies that show that eating low acid foods could improve health, although it's not from the standpoint of increasing or decreasing or regulating the blood's pH levels. Now, are acidic foods harmful for babies? Okay, acidic foods are not harmful for babies. Now, there are certainly foods that may cause the stomach to make more acid, like for example, citrus foods or tomatoes or tomato products. If you have like an underlying already existing ulcer in your stomach, yes, sometimes certain foods can exacerbate that and make it worse, but they're not going to cause you to have an ulcer. For babies that are born or have GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, there are sometimes little dietary tweaks that we need to make. I'll talk about GERD separately in a different episode. We're here today to talk about like just across the board, general neurotypical children. No, you do not need to worry about the pH of the foods that you're feeding your baby. If we look at a list of foods, like, like for example, take my 100 first foods list, okay? It is possible to consider over the long term, if you were to only pick out the foods that were quote unquote low acid or high acid or no acid, if those were the only foods that you fed your baby, of course, you could end up having some sort of nutritional deficiencies. But across the board, you do not need to worry about manipulating the pH level of the foods that you feed your babies because avoiding acidic foods means not offering baby like lots of different foods that contain a variety of different nutrients that they need to grow, like meats if your family eats animal food or dairy products, which is how we introduce our babies to the potentially allergenic food cow's milk protein and how we get calcium and vitamin D into our babies to help promote healthy bone structure. Important foods like lentils and tofus and some seeds are good sources of protein, but if you do eat animal foods, again, it's perfectly fine to incorporate some of those other foods. 
So takeaway message, guys, you don't need to worry about the pH of the foods that you feed your babies. You might notice sometimes that feeding an acidic food might cause your baby to have a little bit more of a rash, for example, like some atopic dermatitis. So if they have a little bit of a contact rash on their mouth when they try tomatoes, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your baby. It's just the compounds in the food reacting with the drool that your baby has because they're teething and causing a little bit of a reaction on their skin that goes away without any concern. It's very unlikely that your baby would be allergic to tomatoes. That's a very, very low risk food. So takeaway message, try to offer a variety of foods, including fruits and vegetables, meats if your family eats meat, other sources of iron. If you don't, rich sources of carbohydrate like whole grains, lentils, legumes, soy foods if you eat them, dairy foods if you eat them, but you don't need to cherry pick certain foods or avoid certain foods because you're worried about the pH. Now, I mentioned that I would be talking a little bit about what foods babies should not eat. And while I'm certainly a firm believer that babies can eat almost any food where we can modify most foods to make them safe for babies, there is a list of foods that I do recommend steering clear of. So I actually have a free download. It's called 15 Foods Never to Feed Your Baby. A lot of these are because of the potential choking hazard. But inside of that list, I'm not just listing the foods. I'm actually providing additional information for you on how you can make that food or alter it to actually make it safe for babies. So when people say things like babies can't eat apples, they definitely should not eat raw apples. But I've got tips for you on how you can make apples safe for baby led weaning. So if you want to download my free worksheet called 15 Foods Never to Feed Your Baby, just go to the show notes page for this episode. That's at blwpodcast.com forward slash 121. If you enter your email address, you'll get the list of 15 foods never to feed your baby. And beyond that, you don't really need to stress about manipulating foods, and certainly you don't need to worry about the pH of the foods that you feed your baby. 